Focus. It is Thursday, November 8th. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico see all the ways that you could save. It is Field and Daniel as it is every Thursday. Mm. Field, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you, my friend? I'm doing pretty well. Do you mean that sincerely? I, um, I, I'll tell you what. Uh. I watched a very tough Pistons loss last night. Okay. It hurt a lot. I woke up, still felt it a little bit this morning, but I was rejuvenated by the idea that I get to sit across from you to be able to talk about a bunch of fun football stuff. Okay, today. the reason why I ask that is I go ahead and tweet the link to the show. Please oh, check okay. us Please out on ESPN's out. YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash ESPN NFL and yep. subscribe. If we get to 250,000 subscribers, I'm going to find something cool to do to the person that actually is the 250th. <laughs> Thousand, 50, 000 subscriber. Yes, yes. Uh, anyways, the reason why I asked that is because we have an interesting Thursday night football game tonight, Daniel. Is interesting the word you would use for it? I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what word I want to use for it. I yeah. think this is a game that has more implications for April than it does for the rest of this season. Yeah. The Bears, who own the, the Panthers' first-round pick. Ooh. So could, there's a lot on the line. There's a lot on the line. And if the Bears win tonight, it would push the Panthers to 1-8, and eight, which would tie them with the Cardinals for the worst record of the NFL. Wow. The Cardinals who are getting back Kyler Murray for the yeah, second half of the season. That's right. The Bears have a lot on the line tonight with a win, not just to get some mojo back, but also to improve their draft stock, even with a win, which is often counterintuitive. So is that how you're suggesting we approach watching this game? Don't pay attention necessarily to the production that happens, but what the long-term implications could be. Yes, exactly. This is more about uh, if you want to see Caleb Williams or Drake May or Marvin is. Harrison that's Jr. in a Bears uniform, <laughs> that's what tonight is about. By the way, I'm already being told we've passed 250,000 subscribers on YouTube. Bam! Boom! Make it 260. That's a, when I we get to 260, we'll have something nice for the that. people. I don't know what it's going to be, but, but 260. But we're going to have something yes. there. Yes. Uh, shout out to our crappy bands league. I'm in a crappy band you've never heard of, Fantasy League. My buddy Riley okay. Breckenridge just texted. He said, hey, was just looking at tonight's game. Who's got two thumbs in his start? And both starting quarterbacks in this super fun marquee matchup tonight. Not great. So is, is that a super flex league you guys play? super flex And league. the two options that Riley has available for this week are Tyson Bajant. And Bryce Young. And Bryce Young. Godspeed, Riley. It is going to be tough. Let's dive into this game field it. Yep. because we are talking about this. It doesn't, we're not expecting Justin Fields to be able to not play. Not going to play. Uh, so. Yesterday, their head coach, Matt Eberflus, said, nope, not going to happen. Um, that's not what he said. What he <laughs> said was Fields. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> what he said was is that he's doubtful. And right. then there was clarification as to why he's still practicing. He was like, well, yeah, he's, he's got one more day. Right. And then he's like, but he's not going to play. And he's like, no, he's not going to play. But then why is he doubtful? So he's both doubtful and out. I don't know how to rule on that one. I think coaches are saying a lot of weird things. Maybe we'll dive into another thing that something co- some coaches said yesterday. Okay. Uh, but I, I don't really understand how all of this coach speaks works, Field. It's, it's very uh, well, here's what I will say. For people that are upset, and we talk about this all the time on the podcast, and I hate that I have to repeat myself, but if you have Justin Fields and you are looking to place him on IR so that you can add another player to your roster... You can't do so until he is officially ruled out by the team. That's yep. the way it works. This is not something that's unique to ESPN Fantasy. It's the way it works for these apps because there is some gray area there. If a reporter says a player is going to be out and then all of a sudden he plays, think about Jerome Ford just a handful of weeks ago. Great call. Yep. Then all of a sudden you've created an extra roster spot errantly. So we have to defer to the team's reporting 
And in this case, they're reporting him doubtful, but he is not going to play tonight, which leads to some questions about DJ Moore, Daniel. Yeah, actually, it doesn't lead to a lot of questions for me because with this doubtful listing, I am not playing DJ Moore. I came at you and Mike pretty hard yesterday because yeah. of this ranking, Yep. right? But I was thinking that Tyson Badgett was going to be able to get the start here. You guys were ranking him as though Justin Fields, so I want to walk that back a little bit. Apologize no, okay. for coming real hard at you guys. Skin. We got thick skin. We wear molasses on our sleeves. Do you want to play DJ Moore, though, with Tyson Badgett under center? I do not. Here are a couple fun facts for you. Yeah, fun in is a three full games with Tyson Bajant as the starting quarterback, here yep. are DJ Moore's lines. Eight mm-hmm. catches, 54 yards. That's actually pretty good when you compare it to the next two. Four catches, 55 yards. Yep. Three catches, 44 yards. Trending downwards. In the games with Justin Fields under center this season, DJ Moore is averaging over 19 fantasy points per game with Bajant. I'm sorry, over 19 yards per catch per game, right? Or per catch, I should say. Uh, 18.6 fantasy points per game. Yep. With Bajan, it's 9.2 fantasy points per game. Cut that in half from what he is getting with Justin Fields under center. Not great. Trivia. How many wide receiver touchdowns do the Bears have in the three full games with Tyson Bajan as the starter? Wide receiver touchdowns. Just of any kind. I don't think he's thrown very many touchdowns. He's thrown he? a few. He's thrown one to Deontay Foreman, a few to I'm going to say Clement. two. Answer zero. Not a single wide receiver touchdown over the past three games, Daniel. So, yes, I am with you, even in what feels like a very good matchup against a very bad Carolina Carolina Panthers Panthers defense. If I could, I would avoid DJ Moore. I've got him as wide receiver 31 tonight. I've got him at wide receiver 32. We see it very similarly. Let's talk about these running backs. Okay. Sounds like Khalil Herbert is not going to play in this one. Okay. Another good example here, Daniel. Uh, Yes, exactly. Because people were saying, yeah, he's going to play this week. If we had, uh, if you had already removed him from your IR spot and we had said he's no longer IR eligible, you'd be pissed right now because he might still be on IR after 4 p.m. Eastern time today, which is the deadline for them to activate him to the roster. So just to educate people on why things work the way they do. Yes, exactly. Well, all right. Not expected to play. Let's say just in case we get surprised. He does play tonight, even though we're not expecting it. How would you rank Khalil Herbert in this matchup? So if he does play, which feels like the long shot right now, I moved him down relative to where I think most ESPN rankers are because... He's coming off of a high ankle sprain, and yep. Deontay Foreman's been legitimately good. Closer yep. to RB30 than he is RB20 for me. So if I can, I would avoid playing him. If he sits, things get interesting for me. Yes. And the Deontay Foreman show could be on tap tonight. As a matter of fact, I'll have Deontay Foreman as a top 24 play tonight, assuming that Khalil Herbert is out for a few reasons. Revenge game is one. Yes, most importantly, revenge game. That's right. An opportunity to defy the odds and take down the old Panthers guard, the team that let him walk in free agency after and go he, to Chicago. He, he filled in so good for CMC. He was great like, last yeah. year. They were like, we don't have the time for you. One year, three million bucks. That's way too way expensive. Too We'd rather us. spend money on Miles Sanders. Oh, wow. When you put it that way, it sounds even worse. Uh, but yes, Deontay Foreman, um, separate and apart from the revenge game narrative, Daniel, last week when Deontay Foreman and Roshan Johnson were the two top backs available for the Bears, 20 carries for Deontay Foreman, one for Roshan Johnson, who also had one target total in that game. Ooh. Now, Deontay Foreman did not see a target, so the passing game utilization should not be robust tonight. He's had one game in which he's actually been a useful part of the passing game, but otherwise he's been what he normally is, which is a volume carry touchdown dependent RB2 or flex option. But the Panthers are allowing the second most points per game to opposing running backs in fantasy this season. Yep. Why? Well, they stink. That's why they're not good. And so the bears are not in great danger of being down big tonight. Mm -hmm. So I think it could be the Deontay Foreman show on the ground. If Herbert's out, 
Foreman will be inside my lineups. Roshan Johnson will not be. I think that last week was in part because he was just coming back from that concussion and extended period of time missed, yep. but also because I think the Bears coaches trust Deontay Foreman. I think so too. I think so too. When yep. you look at the way that they've utilized him here in the past and they know the work, the body of work that he's had coming into this season, he's the guy, especially against, I love revenge game narratives. So yeah. like if there's no Khalil Herbert here, give me Deontay Foreman going up against his former Panthers team as probably the only Chicago. Uh, I take that back. You're starting Cole Komet. Cole Komet, who's yeah. been good, who's been really good for the Bears, yeah. actually, since signing that extension this offseason. So Cole Komet and Deontay Foreman are the two Bears that we that would I consider like. starting yes, the this The defense week. is interesting to me as well. Oh, just because the Panthers are so Streaming bad. option, yeah. The yes. Panthers' uh, offense has been the gift that keeps on giving to opposing teams. So yep. if you are looking for a streaming option, the Bears are on that radar. All right, if you look at the other side of this yeah. field, Chuba Hubbard feels like the running back to start last two games. You look at their touches. Chuba Hubbard has 37. Mm-hmm. Miles Sanders has 11. Yeah. Black, uh, Raheem Blackshear has seven. Yeah. He's it goes back even one week further. Further than that? Yeah, one week further. So 20, 17, and 20 opportunities for Chuba Hubbard over the past three games. And, and he's getting the goal line work, and he's getting the passing game work. Yeah, the goal line work hasn't led to much, as he has just one touchdown in those three games. The passing game utilization has been, it's okay. Um, the preference would be to play none of these guys. This offense is not good, and the yep. Bears defense is not very good either. But like, what's the upside in playing a Panthers running back? That's the question that you have to ask. So I have Hubbard ranked as RB29 because of the fact that even with a lot of volume, he's inefficient. Yes. Just like Miles Sanders, Sanders. right? Yep. So if you're yeah. sensing a trend here, it might be that the player is a part of the issue. The offense is probably the bigger part of the issue yeah. here, right? They're just not good enough on offense right now. And that's why when we're looking at someone to start from this team, which is something that we've been saying all season long, the yep. one player you want to play is Adam Thielen because right. this team is down a bunch. They've got to throw in. Adam Thielen is locked in as the wide receiver for this offense. Yeah, he is. And I know that things have been a little quieter recently, the past two games. But we're talking about only 13 catches on only 17 targets. So if the floor for Adam Thielen is eight and a half targets per game, I feel pretty good That's about pretty it. pretty good, yeah. Right? Like, I get it. Uh, he was on such a heater for a while that it feels disappointing, but I still have Adam Thielen as a lock-it-in stardom tonight wide receiver. Bears defense, again, leaves something to be desired. I do think the Bears will be charged up for this game playing at home tonight in those orange uniforms. Yes. But I'm just not convinced that this Bears defense is strong enough to slow down Adam Thielen if he's going to see somewhere between eight and ten targets. I still love Adam Thielen here. I don't love this game. I've been thinking about ways to make this fun field. Yeah. What kind of a how do you how do you make a game like this exciting to watch on Thursday night football without turning it into like a drinking game because then it can just get dangerous Ooh, well, with these two bad teams. Um so the the Bears are wearing their orange helmets. Are you in or out on those? I know as a Lions fan, you're probably out on most things, Bears. Do you like them or no? I'm okay with I like history. So if this is one of those things where is this like a historical Bears helmet or is this no, just the Bears have been like one of those teams? Chiefs, Raiders, Bears that have Packers that have like hardly changed their uniforms for a hundred years of existence. Right, I'm gonna look this up. They're orange. They're very bright. They're kind of like the Seahawks neon. I guess the highlighter green. Oh wow! It's an orange. You're out. I'm a little more out. Okay, I, I'm more, more in out. on the Seahawks orange than I am on the or Seahawks green than I am on the Bears orange. I okay, think. I like the Bears orange more than the Seahawks. The thing about the Seahawks is I just know that there's such a great throwback waiting in the wings. <laughs> they do have, yes. But just like rather right. than going with That's the fair. alternate, just go with the throwback there. That's fair. Um, I still love the Seahawks though. But yes, the Bears uh, wearing those orange uniforms will be helpful. And you know something, Daniel, I was thinking about this. I was having this conversation with someone this morning. And maybe we're far enough removed from the height of the pandemic that this stuff doesn't really register as much as it used to. But I remember, I'll never forget this moment. ESPN 
announcing that there was a, uh, a, a they, they had reached an, a rights agreement with, I believe, the KBO, the Korean Baseball Organization. Okay. And there was going to be KBO games broadcast. This was like May of 2020. Okay. At like 5 a.m. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm not much of a baseball guy, and I don't like waking up. This is before I had kids. Yeah. Waking up at 5 a.m. doesn't sound that much fun. But to watch live sports, I would do it. I would finally do it. I would do anything <laughs> for a down and dirty Thursday night football game. At that point, I made a pledge to not complain about Thursday night football ever again. Oh, so here we are. Good for you. And by the way, if you're down about this game, have we reminded the people about the standalone games this week? No, I don't want to hear about it, but please tell everybody. Okay. You ready for this yep. one? Yep. Bears, Panthers, Thursday night football. Yes. Sunday morning from Germany. Guten Tag. Patriots, Colts. Mm. Sunday night football. Yep. Jets, Raiders. Nope. Monday Night Football. Bills hosting the Broncos. Honestly, not not a lot of exciting matchups in our primetime slots in Week 10. Just a little different than Chiefs-Eagles in Week 11 on Monday Night Football. Just a, just a little just different. Just a little different. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Just a little different. I there. might rather watch Chiefs-Eagles in Week 10 on a bye. Like, I might just rather just watch Jason Kelsey just walk around as the sexiest man alive. Did than you watch see that? Yeah, how good Nominee. is that? That's awesome right there. I yeah. am so proud of him. Yeah. This is one of those things. We need to get more Beards offensive linemen. Beards have been here for a while. I guess while. they never Phil left. Yeah, yes, good call. Let's be honest about that. All right, let's pick this game. All right, I'll take the Bears. You're taking the Bears? I am. Impactful game tonight. Bears 20, Panthers 13. I'm going to take the Panthers. Okay. I'm going to be on the other side of this because I just want to. Okay, I fine. That's a fun. good enough reason. You know um, I mean? Panthers don't want to. They want to win this game so that they don't make their pick even higher for the Bears, right? Like, at that point, it yeah. would just be insult to injury. I know they don't have it regardless. Yeah. But, like, how much do you want to block another team from having a better pick when you're in this scenario, right? I mean, if you're the Panthers, you really want to win tonight. Like, you really, really, really want to win tonight. You and you know what's funny wins. is I'm opening up my phone right now, Dan, because I got a notification. From Amazon. Uh-oh. And it was tonight, Panthers versus Bears. Wait, Thursday Night it? Football coverages, coverage starts at 7 p.m. Okay. Only on Prime. Okay. okay. 7 p.m. But there, there's no like, there's no like, woohoo, Mahomes versus, like it just, this. it's just the it's facts. Like, nope, just football. So I think, uh, you know, they can't all be winners in terms <laughs> of quality of games, right? So uh, I think even Amazon realizes that uh, this is one that... Um, it's football. You're probably not going to sell as many subs this week as you have in other weeks. That's fair. That's fair. Not going to sell quite as many. And I feel like we do have a good one coming around the corner in week 10. Daniel, let me pull this up. So I, I remember thinking to myself. We're in week 10. Oh, Bengals Ravens next week. Week 11. Oh, okay. All so right. next Thursday Night Football, That'll a lot be of subs being sold. Uh, we bounce back in a pretty significant way next week with both Eagles, Chiefs, Bengals, Ravens, Thursday Night Football. Giddy up. I think this is going to be a great showdown slate. I might play Deontay Foreman as my captain tonight. That's how I'm okay. getting through this game. Captain a little Foreman. bit of DFS right there. That's yeah. what we're doing. All right. Let's preview part of our week 10 matchups yeah, yeah. field like we always do. We'll get through some of these lesser known games. Yep. Let's talk about the Texans here. Okay. They looked fantastic last week. In fact, they've looked fantastic pretty much all season long. They've See, overachieved. Absolutely. Yeah. They have. Do you think that, uh, and I, I hate doing this, especially this early in the season, but uh -oh. like this early coach of the, no, I think it's early still. Like for awards, I think it's still early. Oh, okay. For an award but I think that in, in the award conversation category of coach of the year, D'Amico Ryans has my respect. I don't know about my vote. There's a few guys that I think deserve some votes, but D'Amico's been awesome this year. You're trying yeah. to lift your seat up? I'm trying to lower it just a little bit. Because you're making me look short? No, 
Do I need to st- see a little prouder? Oh, little? I see. There's a little. I didn't realize there was a little button. Ah, okay. Sorry, that's on me. That's okay. Um, yeah, I, I'll tell you what. Everything that these Texans, this Texans team is doing is definitely overachieving, especially the way that they've looked at the last couple of years. And C.J. Stroud has come out and looked fantastic. And he's done it with a bunch of guys that I think are really good football players, but none of them have been superstars. It's yeah. not like he came in and he had a Justin Jefferson or right. a Jamar Chase to be able to lock onto. He's been doing this with Tank Dell and Nico Collins. Let's talk about the running backs first, though, okay. if you don't mind, because I think the running backs, I'm actually really disappointed with how good this Texans team has played that the running backs have not done more here. No top 25 finish yeah. from either of these two guys right. over the last month, Field Yates. I don't really want to play either Devin Singletary or Damian Pierce if I can help it. Not only that, Daniel, I'm not sure that if they were one person, I'd want to play them. Yeah, if you, if you consolidated all their touches. If you into just one got the Texans running backs, right. I'm not sure I'd want right. them because uh, neither of them has exceeded 81 rushing yards in a game this season on the ground. That's gross. Well, has it been at least offset by some good passing game? utilization no. no how about this in eight games they've combined for 23 targets stop so it's under three combined per game so you are banking on one of them falling into the end zone at least once and that means guessing right if you have both of them or getting very lucky if you have one of the two of them so they're both outside my top 30 if you ask me which one I prefer, I would flip a coin and see that's which side it lands on. This is all assuming that Damian Pierce does play. Obviously, right. missed last week with yep. an ankle injury. If he's out, Singletary gets a moderate bump, but not into the place, not into the category of a lineup lock. He would be like a deep league flex consideration only. Sure. I would not want to play them. I just don't. I'm with you. Yeah. I would like to be out on these Texans running backs. As far as the wide receivers, do you have Nico Collins as a lineup lock or do you just have him as a low end wide receiver too because of the ups and down nature of his game? Four teams on a bye this week and that Here includes in awesome, yeah. awesome wide receivers. Right? Yeah. We're talking about, I would say conservatively, five wide outs that are lineup locks. Six, six, I'm sorry. Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, A.J. Brown, Devontae, uh, Devontae Smith, and then Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Yep. So half a dozen wide receivers not available this week, plus players that are either iffy or still out, right? You have Justin Jefferson still out amongst uh, other consider- other guys that are yep. you know going to be there every single week that are not available right now. So I do have Nico Collins ranked higher than Tank Dell because the big play upside, I think, is better there than it is for Tank Dell. But Nico might be a bit riskier than you would think. Nico Collins was on the injury report Wednesday. We'll track that one. If anything looks really concerning, of course, we'll talk about it on Sunday's Fantasy Football Now. But over the past four games, he has 21 targets. Just 21. Not enough. That's a little over five a game. Mm-hmm. And two of those four games have been under 10 fantasy points. So he's a bit more up and down than you might expect. But his quarterback lights out right now and Diego Collins is a very very capable vertical threat so the Absolutely. big play upside is there he is I was gonna say junior varsity that's I feel like that's unkind but he is like the the, the trajectory for Mike uh for Nico Collins is to be like Mike Evans light at some point in his career oh that's a lot of big saying. play upside okay. um you know Mike Evans has accomplished so so much the guy is tracking for yet another 1,000 yard season uh, but that, to me, would be kind of the trajectory here for Nico Collins. If you are an optimist and a Texans fan as well, Tank Dell is not too far behind in my ranking, still inside my top 30. Uh, the only thing about Tank Dell is you have to ask yourself, was last week the jumping off point, which I said earlier in the week, I hope it is. Yes. He had 11 targets. Right. That's as many as he had in the three games prior to that combined. Mm-hmm. So is the aberration the three games prior to the breakout 
or is the aberration the breakout? Right. And so I've got him lower than Nico Collins because of that, because the target share, especially if Robert Woods is back, he'll play some slot snaps as well. It could eat into the target share for Tank Dell. I think that's part of it within this offense too, which is like why we're so excited about Nico Collins and Tank Dell, although they have been up and down. And, yep. and if you have rostered either of them, you know that because sometimes you get that 25 point week. Sometimes you get that four point week. But part of this is that third wide receiver in the offense, which is not someone that we want to play here in fantasy, but it's someone that CJ Stroud has been finding within that offense. If this was just Tank Dell and Nico Collins, I think we would feel a lot better about these two wide receivers and the way they're utilized. But Robert Woods and Noah Brown and Dalton Schultz. Schultz has been really good recently. They're getting enough volume to be able to help bring these guys down a little bit in spite of how much we like them. Only thing I'd say is that if you have these players and you are right there on the fringe in terms of whether you should start them vis-a-vis somebody else who's comparably ranked in our rankings, one of the things about fantasy football is that you don't want to be the sucker and the sucker in this case is the person who benches the Texans, and then all of a sudden C.J. Stroud continues to go off. Mm. And as a result of that, his receivers continue to go off. So if it's close, I understand if you say to yourself, I'm going to err on the side of cool, right? Like the side of the team that is very fun to root for and follow and 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 watch on Sundays right now, that being the Texans. Dude, I, I feel like this is what you just said is like, it reminds me of another rounders quote. If you can't spot the sucker at the table within yeah. an hour, then you, you are, are the sucker. sucker. You know yeah, what I mean? So that's, that's one of those things. I'll tell you what. I uh, Gosh, I love these Houston Texans teams. They're a fun team to root for because I'm real. I'm all in on an organization that was really bad. Yeah. And watching them be able to turn it around with a young quarterback. I'm just excited for Texans fans. Very hopeful for what they have in the future. Yep. I'm a little less hopeful. We're going to move on about the Denver Broncos field. They got a couple. I mean, they got a great win before the bye. They, they've won two straight games. They now. did. They have. They beat up the Chiefs last time as well. They did last time out. And now they get the Buffalo Bills. They do. And I think. Yeah. A Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football. Yeah. Monday Night Football, Football, yep. Monday Monday Night Night Football, Football this week. Uh, on ESPN, of course. Um, How do you feel about weeks. you? So uh, we've talked about this every time we're going to talk about a quarterback. Yep. We ten. We keep right. coming back to Patrick Mahomes, Tua, Jalen Hurts. All plus three. all the injuries. Plus, yep. plus you've got all the injuries. Yep. How are you feeling about Russell Wilson against a Bills defense on Monday Night Football? Not bad. Made it way back into your graces? Yeah, he is. He's back on the streaming radar. I've got him as quarterback 11. So he has 15 or more fantasy points in six of his eight games this season. That's not a huge number, but it's a decent enough number. Now, I'll note that two of those past... Uh, two of those those two efforts under 15 fantasy points have come in his last four games, so it hasn't been quite as good of late, but a 16 to 4 touchdown to interception ratio. Yep. But this is more about the matchup here, right? Forever, we told you the Bills were a terrible matchup for opposing quarterbacks, and of late, they have not been. I mean, think about what Joe Burrow did this past Sunday night. He did whatever he wanted to, lit right? Him lit him up. Yep. Three weeks ago, Mac Jones, who's having a very, very bad season, lit up the Bills as well, right? This is a defense that you can get to. And uh, I think that the the Broncos are feeling themselves a little bit right now. Mm-hmm. So I think that Russell Wilson can have a decent enough game. I will talk about the formula in just a few moments as it pertains to the running game. But I think Russ is a reasonable streaming option. A little bit of value with the legs. And if he can get you 200 passing yards and a couple of touchdowns, you're in business. Yes. And I... You like you would like to think that this Bills defense is better than it is, but honestly, <laughs> they're they just have so been banged susceptible. up. Exactly, they've been very susceptible to opposing offenses this year. Even though I don't love Russell Wilson, and it's not that I don't love Russell Wilson as much as I don't love the pass catchers. Corlin Sutton has been fine. Jerry Judy has felt like he has been a shell of the player that I thought he was going to be this yeah. year. I know that that's not a hot take. I think a lot of people feel that way. Unfortunately, there was Steve so Smith much. Steve Smith included. 
That is a whole nother thing there. Yeah. If you're starting one of these wide receivers, are we all in on Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy is definitely the far and away number two now? Yeah, I think that Sutton is the clear preference here. He has been finding the end zone at an alarmingly high rate, and that's a good thing so yeah, far positive. this season. A yes. guy that had not scored many touchdowns over the past three years, in part because of injury. He's been good. Been legitimately good, and Bill's secondary does not scare me to the point that, like, there's going to be a shadow. There's going to be some sort of tilted coverage. Like, it's fine. The matchup is neutral now. Judy, though, is one of the great confusions of the season. Seriously. He has exactly five targets in four of his seven games played. Exactly five. Remember, he missed week one because of that injury suffered in training camp. Yep. But he has no game with even 85 yards this season, and he has one touchdown. So if you're not getting the big play upside, he's averaging under 12 and a half yards per catch. If you're not getting the huge target share and the offense, again, I'm going to remind on this in a moment, you know, let me, let me get to the formula right now. The formula for the Broncos, I truly believe on Monday night will be this. They want to do to the bills what they did to the chiefs. Okay. Run the crap out of the ball. Okay. Javante Williams had 27 rushes when they played the chiefs and then played really, really, really good defense, which yeah. they have done of late. So I don't think that this is going to be a 35 passing attempt game for Russell Wilson, absent the Broncos being more like the team that gave up 70 points to the Dolphins than the one that held the Chiefs to nine and held Patrick Mahomes to zero total touchdowns. Okay. So I think Judy belongs outside the top 30 once again for wide receivers, but I have some optimism as it pertains to Javante Williams, a top 20 back for me this week because me 30 opportunities last time out. 27 carries, three catches on three targets. Each of the last two weeks, he's had the most touches that he had in the season. 18 the week before that, which was yep. the most. And then he topped that with the 30 that you mentioned. So I am all in on Javante Williams, too, because of the volume. We've just been waiting to see him take this backfield to himself. Field. We talk about this a lot, the idea of like, I feel like it gets very reductive, but the idea of when you play against a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, the very best in the NFL, whoever else you want to include there. Uh, Jared Goff, you uh, uh, thank you. You basically say like keep them off the field. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Well, running the football helps because not only can you you can, you can bleed clock and yep. you can you know wear out a defense and things like that. Sometimes that's just coach speak. The Broncos put it into motion the last time they played. I would bet that Sean Payton is going into Monday Night Football with that exact same message. We're going to go up to Buffalo. We're going to run the crap out of the ball, which the Bills have been vulnerable to the run yep. throughout this season. It's part of the reason why they just signed Linval Joseph, who was Justin Pugh it on the couch uh, for, what, half of the season. So um, this Bills team can be run on. I think the Broncos want to run the football. I've got Javante Williams as RB20 this week. This is definitely one of those situations where you want to keep the ball out of that quarterback's hands because the big time, the more that Josh Allen has the football in his hands, the more opportunities he's going to have. I totally am with you on the way that this game script would flow. So let's find some Javante Williams in our lineup. I have him inside the top 20 as well. So I like him as uh, quite a bit this week. Yep. Let's talk about Green Bay wide receivers. Okay. Christian Watson got banged (laughs) up last week in a number of ways. He was a full participant at practice on Wednesday. Yeah. That's the positive that we want to hear. Yep. The not positive is just the production that we've seen from these wide receivers so far this year. If you are starting a Packers wide receiver, and that is a huge if, even with the four teams that are on a bye and all the wide receivers that are out, do you want to start either of these wide receivers? Are you trying to go a different direction? Big time, no. And you just did the positive negative for Christian Watson. I'll do the same in a different way. He's averaging nearly 18 yards per catch. That's good, right? That's great. The problem is he's caught 12 of his 26 targets. That's 
under 50%. 50%. Yeah. Part of the reason why is he's such a downfield threat. Those are much higher variance throws, right? Mm -hmm. And you and I have been talking about this, and you have been hammering this point since the beginning of the season. Jordan Love is ineffective throwing the ball down the field. Yep. it's This is oil and water right now. This is just not a mix that's going to work. And you factor in just like the general, like does not pass the eye test nest to the Green Bay Packers offense. And I would prefer to start neither of them. If you're looking to play Romeo Dobbs and you're saying to yourself, well, he has two touchdowns over the past four games field. I'd also remind you that over the past four games, Romeo Dobbs is averaging 27.6 receiving yards per game. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 23.6. Oh, even less. Thank you, Field. 24, whatever. It's 98 yards in the past four (laughs) games. I suck at math. That's under 25 per game. Under 25 per game. It's crazy. This passing offense is a disaster right now. One of several in the NFL that is a disaster. So I would prefer to play neither of these Packers wide receivers in a perfect world. And it's not because the matchup. We've been talking about this Steelers defense can be had. Maybe there are a couple of plays where they break through on Sunday afternoon, but based off what I've seen recently, I mean, the fact that the game against the Rams was as competitive as it was, even though the Rams could not play offense. Oh boy. Don't love it. Don't love it at all. I'll tell you what, this is one of those situations and I'm not trying to, I don't want to start either one of these players either, but every time I see a team like this, take on the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mm -hmm. you got TJ Watt getting into the pocket so quickly, I think to myself, is there someone in this offense where the quarterback is just going to try to find them as that quick safety valve? Hey, I'm getting a lot of pressure. I got to get the ball out, right? That's not going to be Christian Watson unless this team changes the way that Good they're call. manufacturing touches for him. Ooh, is it a Jaden Reed day on Sunday? So that's, is it Jaden Reed? Luke is Musgrave? it Luke Musgrave? Mm, like that's my question with yeah. this. I don't have an answer. Daily fantasy consideration. That is friends. one of the things that I think about when I'm looking at my DFS lineup. So yeah. uh, don't love either one of these Packers wide receivers this week, unfortunately as yeah. well. Let's talk about the Steelers though on the other side of this game. Yeah. Last three weeks, Najee Harris has absolutely seen more work. I love what we've been getting out of him. It had sort of become trending the Jalen the Warren right show. Yeah. Both of them are trending up. I like Najee a little bit more than Jalen Warren. And we were at a spot where we were saying, boy, I don't know. Just flip a coin. Let's figure out which one you want to start. I just want to say definitively this week, week 10, yep. I would rather play Najee Harris over Jalen Warren. And I have him as a top 25 running back. This okay. Week. So I've, we actually have them fairly close in terms of where we rank them. So definitively is probably too strong for my characterization, okay, that's but fair. I have Najee ahead of Jalen Warren for a cut for one very specific reason. Uh, Najee's been steady as a runner all season. He's got a hundred rushes in eight games. That's 12 and a half per game. Yep. Um, and in six of those eight games, he is over 10 rushing attempts. Uh, what's been not steady for Najee until recently is passing game utilization. Correct. But over his past three games, he got 10 catches on 11 targets. That's what I was just going to In his at. first five games, five catches on 10 targets. So in his past three games, he's doubled up his prior catches yep. and had more targets than those five games. So the fact that he's seen more has helped. He's found the ends a little bit more of late. With Jalen Warren, I think what we know is that he is way more explosive, right? Like if one of these guys is going to rip off a 30 yard catch or run, it's more likely to be Jalen Warren. Yep. The problem is that because Najee's seen more of that passing game utilization, it's put a bit of a ceiling here on Jalen Warren. RB 24 is my Najee rank. RB 26 is my Jalen Warren rank. 
I have 25 and 27. So we see him very similarly yeah. here. Not kind of in the same way, yeah. Knowing that we're, and just everything that you just said is exactly where I was at. We liked Jalen Warren because of the fact that he was getting that passing game work because we've seen more of that from Najee and yep. because Najee is the only guy over those last three weeks that has had a goal to go carry sure. as far as the running backs. Oh, yeah. He's getting more volume. He's getting more goal to go work. So I, we've just trended back to the Najee situation. That doesn't mean that I like love Najee in the Pittsburgh Steelers. But if there's one person in this backfield that I want to start, Najee is definitely that guy over Jalen I mean, Warren. They're right still now. a slog. I mean, they're still very much a slog offensively. I right? don't love like, watching them play. No quarterback play doesn't I feel said. great. It doesn't feel good. The whole George Pickens saga is also interesting to yeah. me. I, I understand that this sometimes is what you get with young players and social media, but there's been a whole bunch of just back and forth about this. I, but he'd want the delete Instagram photos mode, right? He deleted all of the Instagram photos of the Steelers. He also unfollowed the Steelers. He unfollowed his coach. He unfollowed Deontay Johnson. He unfollowed Kenny Pickett. And then he came back and said, nah, you guys are just being crazy. I don't know. I just, I don't know what that big deal is. I, I, like, I'm just wondering, like I'm 36, maybe I'm an old man now, but even at like 23, would 23 year old me be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to unfollow my coach on Instagram. Like that's going to change things. That's right? going to make things better. My guess would be this is, and we'll talk about Deontay Johnson in a second. Let's dive into George Pickens then first. If I want to have more utilization, yep. if I want to see more utilization, I'd go to my coach privately and I'd say, hey, coach, can I get five minutes with you? And just express, you know, I'm a game-changing talent. Yep. I was having a pretty solid start to the season. We're a passing game that is very much looking to find its way. I'd like to see more work. And maybe it's a little little more stern than that. However, he wants to phrase it, right? But <laughs> yeah. not like I'm going to unfollow you on Instagram. I'm sure Mike Tomlin spends tons of time on Instagram during the football season. Yeah, I'm sure he's like but all he's over all it, right? That's probably it. Like, like just checking out reels and like you know him and dance trends. Just yeah, each other back yeah, and just forth. back and forth. Yeah. Hey, what do you think about you know <laughs> your thoughts on this new uh, this new trend that's Check going out this through? Cat video. You know, yeah, this cat video. Like God, this is just so funny. Like, have you seen Is It Cake on Netflix? Like, I'm <laughs> sure these are the kind of things that the two of them are going back and forth definitely, on throughout the day, definitely. right? However. The message has been sent one way or the other because Mike Tomlin talked about how like you're damn right. I want players who care. So that's the only thing that you're asking yourself right now with George Pickens, who has three count them three catches on 10 targets over the past two games. Is this the squeaky wheel at the grease? I wonder that. So I thought about this. Yeah. Is George Pickens enough of a name to be a squeaky wheel? That I think get so. The I think he's very talented. I, I think he's inconsistent, talented too. but like we've seen this work, right? A.J. Brown, squeaky wheel, got the grease. He did. Devontae Adams, a little bit less so, but still. Remember Devontae had the the big, uh, you know, he had the whole, the first the first comments, and then the very next game against the Bears, the Raiders' first four plays that were passes were all to Devontae. It made us all think they were going to just load him we're up. We're back, baby. Yeah, yep. I remember that. Hey, Devontae, can you do that again this week? <laughs> I know you're happy because Antonio Pierce is the coach now, and you guys are four and five, and you got a winnable game at home on Sunday night, but can you just, like, I don't know, fake it, but just, like, fake it, but make it, like, public? Make it public, yeah, but do it that way. Fake it in public, like, do it in front of the microphone. I'm so pissed right now. All I want is 27 targets this week here's in the I, first half. I don't. Here's what I don't understand, and and I would love it if we see George Pickens go back to the player that we've seen him, because he makes some incredible catches. This dude is so good, right? Yeah. But, if I said to you, yep. and just put this in like another context, different industry, okay, right? If I'm like, 
Oh, I unfollow Fantasy Focus. I unfollow Field. I unfollow Mike Clay. Yeah. I unfollow Stefania. I unfollow Scott Clark and all the people that are like in my... And then I just come to work and it's like, hey guys, no big deal, right? Like yeah. I know that I just did that, but like we're not going to have any like awkwardness or like maybe that's the way it is in football locker rooms and that doesn't, it doesn't work that way. But if you unfollow a bunch of your teammates, they're like, you're supposed to all be in this together. That's why it's called a team. I, I, I don't, that's the part that I don't understand. Fine for you to get yours, yeah. but not at the expense of you going out and basically slandering or finding a way to like take a shot at your teammates because that part is just confusing to me. However, hopefully we get a George Pickens. It's the strategy that he went with. I don't know. I think it's I think it's very odd. I think it's an interesting choice of words. If you are trying to force your way out of town, the James Harden thing, and you want to unfollow a team and you want to send us you know a, a subtle message or a not too subtle message, that's fine. But if you're just trying to get more work. I'm not sure this is the exact strategy that I would be taking myself. As much as I have said all of those things, if there is one coach that I feel like knows how to handle this, oh, based on the Antonio time. Brown saga totally. and all the stuff yeah. with Chase Claypool, like he's totally got this. If you're starting one of these guys, though, Deontay Johnson's still a lock-it-in starter for me. I mean, Deontay's been, been freaking red hot. Yeah. And there's three games back from IR, one of which he was not even a full-time player. 23rd, 20th, and 6th in our wide receiver rankings off the charts target utilization 23 targets over the past two weeks for Deontay he's back George Pickens is wide receiver 29 in my ranks for this week because of the idea that the squeaky wheel can get to the grease even if the quarterback's not very good and even if the offense absolutely stinks yep all right field we got a little bit more from our week 10 preview but why don't we pay some bills all right you first Daniel all right let's talk about my friends over at Traeger guys Traeger is awesome and let me tell you why at the Home Depot Sundays are about two things making all your watch party favorites at the Traeger iron excuse me making all your watch party favorites on the Traeger Ironwood XL grill and smoker and football. Mm. You can serve up wood fired flavor every time with consistent cooking and the intuitive touchscreen makes it easy to control the temperature, which stays steady by the way. So you can keep your mind on the score and not on the temp. Trust me when your favorite team is on, that's going to come in clutch. Traeger is all about versatile cooking. You can grill, smoke, roast, or bake, which means you can grill some burgers, smoke a pork butt, roast some veggies, or even bake a pie. You did hear me right. Desserts can be done on a Traeger. With Wi-Fi technology, you can be in the kitchen prepping some dishes or on the couch watching the game while everything is cooking for your game day party by controlling your Traeger from anywhere with the easy-to-use app. This thing sounds incredible, Field. We need to get us one of these. And when you're done cooking, everything for that game cleanup is super easy thanks to the accessible, easy-clean grease and ash keg. So don't, don't wait. Upgrade your Saturday with the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Are you overwhelmed by insurance? Make it easy. I know you are. Get all your insurance in one place with Geico. Plus, get 24-7 claim support and on-the-go policy access with award-winning Geico mobile app. See how easy insurance can be and go to geico.com. All right, Field. Here's a question for you. Okay. I don't want to do this. Never mind. Over the last three weeks, which... uh, which B. Robinson has more fantasy points, Brian Robinson or Bajan Robinson? That's why I said I backed out. I, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm so sorry. You know what? The, my entire timeline has just become people with a different Bajan Robinson stat. It's explaining different ways. We'll talk about it. We're going to talk about the it's, Falcons it's in a minute. Everywhere. Yeah, we'll talk about we'll them talk in a about minute. It. But yeah. Let's talk about these commanders. Brian Robinson. Yep. Brian Robinson has been tough so far this year. Sort of. He's been, he's been very... Average, if in my estimation, I think his floor is fine. Yeah, but there's not a lot of ceiling in his game within this commander's offense. That is correct. Um, he has not yet rushed for 100 yards in a game this season. Don't love that. 
over the past six games, he's been between RB15 and RB30. No higher, no lower than that. Okay. He scored seven touchdowns this year. That's kind of helped him. See a little bit of passing game utilization. That's helpful as well. I feel fine about him, to be honest with you. Like I, Because maybe my expectations were different coming into the season than yours. To me, he is like a, if you were patient at running back and decided not to spend much capital on your second running back, he's holding on to enough life to continue to be your RB2. I'll tell you, I, so I think you're right. Okay. I think your expectations and my expectations were probably similar coming into the season. Okay. My expectations got thrown a little askew after two very heavy weeks right off the, off the bat. Yeah. 19 carries and a reception in week one, 18 yep. carries, two receptions in week two. And then after getting two 20-touch games, he's seen a lot of that volume drop off. I thought he was going to get utilized more within this offense. And like I said, he hasn't been bad, but since then he's only got three games in double-digit fantasy points, no games over 13 and a half fantasy points. Yeah. A couple of you know single-digit performances. He's fine, but I, I need him to get in the end zone. He doesn't have enough passing work. He's just like a, a kind of a low-floor, medium-floor running back if you need him. That's fair. I have him as RB28 this week, so you might have a better option than Brian Robinson. Um, The Seahawks have been, as we discussed earlier in the week, a defense that has really regressed, at least in terms of raw numbers. They were once considered like this excellent standout run defense and a pass funnel. Mm -hmm. Instead, they're kind of just middle of the pack for both. So the the matchup is fairly neutral to me. I've got Robinson as RB28. I don't mind him, Daniel. The volume is decent enough. I just, again, he's one of those players that like... My expectations, I think, are kept in check enough that I'm not super disappointed when he sandwiches like a 13 and a half point game and a 12 and a half point game with an 8.5 point game. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's who fine. Brian Robinson is now. That's kind of who he is. Yep. Yeah. That, that should be the expectation. What about with Jahan Dotson? Have your expectations changed with him over the last two they weeks? I have for a couple of reasons. Back to back to back games with over 40 passing attempts for Sam Howell. Right. And in those four, in those three games, Jahan Dotson targets eight. 10 and 8. He's also found the end. He's a good player, too. Yep. Found the end zone twice. So along those lines, he has moved all the way up to wide receiver 36, which is a far cry from where he was about two weeks ago, which was like wide receiver 50. So uh, trending in the right direction. The Seahawks have a lot of talent and investment in the secondary. We'll see exactly how they deploy them on Sunday against the commanders. Uh, But because of the fact that Sam Howell just keeps chucking the rock. Yeah. Jahan Dotson stands to benefit from it. And Terry McLaurin hasn't exactly stood to benefit from it that much compared to preseason expectations. McLaurin's awesome, but he has not had 100 yards in a game this season. He has not finished inside the top 15 once this season. It's kind of crazy. It's so frustrating. Uh, if you remember back to the preseason field, I think I read you a list of all the quarterbacks that Terry McLaurin play with, has yeah. played with, right? I actually feel like Sam Howell has been a lot better than a lot of those guys. And He's got to be in not... the top three, right? But then why are... I don't want to say, why are we not? Know. Why are we not getting Terry McLaurin usage? Like this is, it, it might be one of the best quarterbacks that he has played with. And that is not saying a lot. I'm yeah. not trying to like be damning with faint praise to, to Sam Howell, but like it, it's still early in his career. You know, he, I just don't understand yeah. why when he throws the ball so much, if he's throwing the ball 40 times a game, how are you not finding Terry McLaurin more often than you do? It's, it's another a good question. Things. He is like the wide receiver version of Bajan Robinson or something right oh, now. Oh, that doesn't feel good. That's probably that's probably too egregious. I mean, it's a little he's get he's got that's a little bit egregious. of that Devante in his game right now where it's like there's a guy that we think is better than 
then he is being used within his offense. I'm not comparing him to Devontae Adams, but yeah, like, he needs yeah. more targets there. We need to get him more targets. So, Can we make that happen, please? I, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on that. I would love it. What about Taysom Hill? Let's move ahead and talk about these Saints. Daniel, after years and years and years of being skeptical, I'm in. Because over the past six, uh, four weeks, he has been a top six tight end. That's unreal. Each of those four games. Unreal. Top six. Six, six, three, and six were his weekly finishes in that stretch. And, you know, for many years, what it would be was he would like randomly helicopter in and get you like a passing touchdown or he'd have like a game with like, you know, three catches, but one of them was for a a receiving touchdown. It's been a real like concerted effort for them over the past four weeks. I've used this stat previously, but just a reminder in week six and seven, he had a total of 11 catches, Yep, five and a half a game. That's good enough, right? At tight end. Over the past two games, weeks eight and nine, 20 carries, including 11 last week. As And if you watch a Saints game, which I'm sure many of our listeners have, you know that one of their favorite packages is 10-yard line and in. You put Taysom Hill in there, and yep. I think there's some merit to it because it does stress a defense, right? Like, if you have the ball at the goal line or at the five-yard line, and Taysom Hill's in shotgun, the defense is thinking to itself, all right, is he going to take the ball and just plow his way through the middle of the line of scrimmage, or is he going to throw it? Because he can do both. He's at 250 pounds or whatever he is. I have no idea. Something. He's he's probably like 210. I don't even realize it. Whatever. (laughs) He looks big enough. He's a very powerful tight end is what I'm trying to say. I want to know. Slash quarterback. uh, They can do that. So that, if if the Saints have the ball, 10-yard line and in, Taysom Hill has a real shot to be a focal point of what they are doing as a runner, receiver, or a thrower. And no one else in the entire NFL can say that. Literally nobody else. That's true. So That's true. I'm in. I've got him as a top 11 fantasy option this week at tight end. 6'2", 220 field. He is 6'2", 220. <sighs> I was he, off. Here's the thing. This Saints team, I thought, brought in Jamal Williams in part to be the goal line back. But he's not even doing that because they got Taysom Hill doing stuff out there. Yeah, he's not. He's been not great. Not been great. We love him. I love Jamal Williams. Love this him. is not a Jamal Williams thing. But Hadn't it's like they want to use Taysom Hill at the goal line rather than than anybody else. I can't play like. him either. To be but the way that it's working out, right? I asked Mike this. I don't think I asked it on the show. If I did, I apologize. But I asked Mike this. I was like, how does your model quantify all yeah. the different things that Taysom Hill does. He catches passes, he throws balls, he has carries. Like, how do you decide on any given week, like what you're, what you're supposed to figure out? And it's just like, he's one of the most vexing players in the NFL, but we've reached a point where over the last four weeks, because of what he's done and because of how bad the tight end position is, you can't ignore it anymore. Can't do it. Yeah. You cannot ignore it. Taysom Hill is absolutely a potential starter here in week 10. No Kelsey, no Goddard this week. Oh, don't love that. And Darren Waller is out as well. So that's going to be uh by the way, people, Dallas Goddard has not been put on IR. So that's why you can't. You can't put him IR because he hasn't put on IR. We're waiting for it. Because what if, what if the Eagles say, we're not going to put him IR. And by the way, he's going to play next week. That's why, people. I get it. It's extremely unlikely, but that's why. So stop tweeting at me. Uh, All right. Well, you can do that in general. You can tweet. You can tweet at you. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Nice things or questions. Looking at these Falcons. Yeah. Are you buying? We just talked about one tight end. Yep. Are you buying Johnny Smith? All right. So I've bought him enough to put him as tight end 14 in my rankings. And for all the things that the Falcons have done wrong this year, there's one thing they have done right, which is continue to utilize Johnny Smith very effectively. (laughs) He's been a top five tight end three times. Yeah. Three times in nine weeks. So one out of every three weeks, he's been a top five tight end. Uh, he is, let's talk about the skill set of John Smith. 
awesome athlete. Yep. Incredible after the catch. Yep. Those two things alone make him kind of a unicorn amongst tight ends. So there's upside there, right? Because he can, as he showed last week, take a screen pass for 61 yards and a touchdown. So I've got him a tight end 14. However, there's major risk involved, right? Maybe the Falcons actually use their good players like Drake London, who might play this week. He was limited yesterday in practice. Maybe Kyle Pitts is the more heavily targeted tight end. Maybe Bajon Robinson, the guy that took eighth overall, gets the ball more than 11 times. Um, so, yeah, that's why Johnny Smith is, to borrow a word that you just used for Taysom Mill, a bit vexing himself. Yes. He could get one target like he did two weeks ago, or he could have six catches for 100 yards and a touchdown like last week. I don't know how to feel trusting it, right? Like at this point, it's like if you're throwing him out there, it's because I don't have a lot of other options. I've seen it before from him and it might happen, right? You can't can't trust him. The word trust, we we always, trust is a strong word. Throw it out. That's that's the very pertinent term here as it pertains to John New Smith. But in a week with no Kelsey and no Dallas Goddard, definitely a, and no Darren Waller for at least another three games, a very, very reasonable option amongst your tight ends. Field, I'd like to give you about five and a half minutes to talk about B. John Robinson, if you'd like. I don't know, just like talk about how, go ahead. You got to explain that one. Go ahead. Here's the thing, guys. I watched this. I went climbing with my wife yesterday with Rosie, right? And and as we were starting to climb, I was stretching. And I was watching this video where it was like someone put out a video of Arthur Smith explaining why Bijan Robinson is not getting touches. Yeah. And, and I think it was in the red zone specifically. Yeah. In the red yeah. zone or near the goal line. And I think Mike Rothstein, ESPN was Mike, right, yep. reporter at Mike Rothstein asked that shout out to Mike. And he spent five and a half minutes going in so many circles to say what felt like absolutely nothing. Hey, I'll tell you what, there's context here that you need to know about. 40, 45 to 50% of the time we're actually scoring and league average is about this. And what you need to know is we've got a bunch of good players on this team. It felt like he literally spent five and a half minutes doing that Michael Scott thing where it's like, I'm just going to start talking and figure out, hopefully I get to the spot that I wanted when I end. Dude, even Belichick was impressed. Like Belichick, who's a great, I mean, a great filibuster-er. He is. He was like, damn, Arthur, that is good right there. That was a good one. Um, It's becoming a problem. Like you can tell that Arthur Smith, uh, you know, the local media probably are going to be uh, at odds over this for the entirety of the season, unless Bajon gets more work. And he has back-to-back games, Daniel, with exactly 11 carries. Here's the more concerning part. You can include the last three games, but remember, three games ago, he was he had that headache, so he basically didn't play. Yep. But over the past two games, he has eight receiving yards. Eight! Um, Why do you think that headache was? Do you think he was... He probably like, damn, I could have been drafted by somebody so else. Huh? Um... <laughs> Truthfully, like there's there's not much that we can do here other than rank him based off of the fact that if you told me a running back was going to get just 12 touches and I had the choice to rank them knowing they would get exactly 12, where would I rank Bajon? Every running back in the NFL gets the 12 NFL. touches. Yep. yep. McCaffrey would be one. Bajon would be my top five. Probably three. It'd probably be McCaffrey one. Austin because, Eckler two? Uh, I was going to say like because uh, of the way they're... I was going to say... Camara, because they're going to be oh, nine Kamara, catches, yeah, right? right? That's fair. That's but fair. But it's like Bajan's like three, five at worst. The, other, the Eckler and, and Travis Etienne, the other two in the consideration right now. So um, I have him as RB15, but that's as high and as low as I will go. Yeah. I don't want to go any lower because if he gets 18 carries in week 11, week 10, excuse me, I think he'll cash in. If he, I don't want to go any higher though, because if he gets just 12 opportunities nah. and only one of them's a target, it's going to be tough. Yep. 
I'm with you. I have him as running back 19 as well, in spite of all the slander that we have. It is not mm. about Bijan as a player. It's not about us not starting uh, of course him. Not. Yep. He is still a starter for us. It's just frustrating because we expect more usage. All sure. right, last one here really quickly. Minnesota's yep. offense with Josh Dobbs. Yeah. Field. Stick around for a Veterans League update, by the way, at the end of the show. Big yes. one. Yeah. Got a really big update for that. Let's talk about this. Alexander Madison. Yep. Understanding that you got Josh Dobbs under center came in and absolutely helped elevate this offense. I feel a lot better being able to see Josh Dobbs here than I think I was going to feel with Jaron Hall, yeah. especially after what was last week. I still have Alexander Madison, especially with Cam Akers out now on IR. He yeah. is still a top 20 running back for me. I have lowered expectations because we just haven't seen it from him so much this year. He's been sort of very steady. The problem is that steadiness has not been with a ton of upside. Right. He has six games finishing as a top 24 running back, but he has yet to find the end zone as a runner. Now, one of the recent impediments for Alexander Madison is gone because Cam Akers is on IR, like you mentioned. So... You're not going to be seeding those seven to eight opportunities per game. That number may be cut in half, and maybe those go to Ty Chandler or something like that. So the volume should be very good for Alexander Madison, who's averaging just a tick under 16 touches per game. That's great. Madison continues to be. There are a lot of things that we get wrong during the preseason. There are some things that you kind of feel like, yeah, that was sized up pretty reasonably. Uh, That's about where it was. Alexander Madison is a low-end RB2 because of his volume. Plus or minus his skill set, which is fine. Yeah. He's not Dalvin Cook in his heyday. Probably better than Dalvin Cook now, though. But, you know, the the role is good enough to keep him on that top 20-ish radar. I'll tell you what. I looked at a lot of this Alexander <laughs> Madison, and I wanted yeah. to be in an Alexander Madison and, yep. and see him as a potential high-end RB2 because when he filled in for Dalvin Cook, when Dalvin Cook it was, was out, great. we saw yeah. him do good, right? One of the things that I think I, I should have paid more attention to, not speaking on anyone else, is the teams that he was playing against when he was filling in for Dalvin Cook. Because uh-huh. if you look at that... Not imposing? There were a lot of Detroit Lions teams, like <laughs> bad defenses, where it was like the Vikings said, hey, we can let Dalvin Cook sit this one out, and Alexander Madison comes in, and he lights up what is a bad defense. It could, yeah, That's part of it, I think. I think the other part of it, and we're seeing this in Dallas right now, too, is it's easier to be great in a small burst than it is to do it every single week. Very true. Yep, that is makes you appreciate the guys at the top of the totem pole like Christian McCaffrey, who every single week, 18 straight, he has scored a touchdown. 18 straight. That's how why I don't understand how you're able to do this over 18 straight weeks field. How are you able to keep that glow about you? Ooh, wow, that's so kind of you to say. I feel the same way about you. How do you do it? I, uh, yeah, a lot of water. I got a good. I got a Miller Lights. That's why. That, that's. I was just gonna say. I was trying yeah. to find a way to make it about our our partners. I got a. I got a, an incredible woman at home that helps keep there me on go. the straight and narrow. I know you do too, Field. So that's how we Look do it. That shout out. Uh, both both of them. All right, let's talk about. I guess one more thing here. Alexander Madison. I'm sorry. Uh, Jordan, Jordan Addison. Addison. Yes. yes. Um, <clears throat> here's the great news. Over the past five games, he has 39 targets. That's just under eight per game and five touchdowns. So this is one where you get a little bit of a quarterback boost. And it's a tough matchup against the Saints. But I've got him as... Um, have don't have a definitive one right now. Uh, wide receiver 26 for me this week with, with Jordan Addison. Uh, just a great player. Like a an ascending potential star with who's being depreciated in terms of value. Yep. Discounted in terms of discounted. value because of the quarterback. So yep. that's it. Like, I think that one is fairly straightforward, actually. Like, I do think you'd be pretty hard-pressed to not have Addison in your lineup. If you have him, yeah. And it's different than Kirk Cousins, for sure. But um, he's going to be pretty close to where he is now for the rest of the season. Because while Dobbs is an upgrade over Jaron Hall, we think, 
Dobbs was also up and down himself as yes. a thrower during his uh, sample size as the starter for both the Cardinals and then last year for one game, the Titans. KJ Osborne still remains in the concussion protocol, okay. so we'll continue to monitor that as well. TJ Hawkinson, tight end one. No Travis Kelsey. He's he's going to be he awesome. Sopping up targets like uh, me when I go to Olive Garden to get little breadsticks and throw yes, a little marinara sauce on them. And breadsticks, so good. Oh, yeah, so good. We've got to make that happen. We should, yeah. Let's talk about the Veterans League because tomorrow's going to be Friday field. And, and it is Veterans our, Day. And yeah. it is Veterans Day on Friday. What does Veterans Day mean to you, Daniel? I could say what I, what I think about it, but you're an actual veteran. Veterans Day means uh, a fair amount to me because I spent six years, obviously, as you, you know, in case you're new to listening to the show, I spent six years in the Air Force uh, from 20, 2006 to 2012. I'll tell you what, a lot of this for me, being able to support and try to defend and be a part of our country was being able to allow people to be the person that they want to be, you know, to give people those freedoms, to be able to be in a country where you can exercise the rights and the religion and the things that you want to, you can love the person that you want to love. I don't care what color you are. I don't care who you want to love. I don't care what you want to believe. Hmm. This is supposed to be a place where you're able to come and do that safely and freely. And I very much want to be able to let everybody else have the same opportunities and privileges that I have been afforded in my life. And so being able to do that for other people for the six years that I did, like that was what was so important to me, letting other people have the opportunities and privileges that I get on a daily basis and make sure that those people also have those opportunities and that that is something they can do safely here within our country. So for me, it is a very much about being able to uh, think about and help and be able to try and be a part of the marginalized or those that don't have as much privilege and, and giving them that safe space because not every country is as great as America is. And in spite of all the things that we talk about, and I know there's a lot of stuff going on in our country, there is still so much that we have to be thankful for. We are so privileged in comparison mm. to so many others. So yeah. to me, that's what it meant to be a veteran. And it will always mean that to me. Well said. I couldn't add anything more myself. Uh, we love you. We appreciate your service. And uh, we appreciate the service of all those who Absolutely. are in the Veterans League. And it's been one of the coolest things that I've done while being here at ESPN. I don't want to speak for you, but I imagine it's been a real thrill for you as well to Absolutely, see this Veterans League come to life. And we thought that this would be a nice way to maybe shine the light on, well, we should shine the light on all of our veterans, uh, but the veterans who not only are incredible humans, but have been crushing it really good at football too. in the Veterans <laughs> Leagues. And I mean, it's disrespectful that they won't trade me all their good players. I know, right? But let's go ahead and take a look at the top 10 scoring teams in the Veterans League so far this season. Uh, I apologize for not knowing exactly which leagues they are in, but we've got 24 of them, so it's hard to keep track. 24 is 16 team leagues. Yeah, so a lot of teams out there. Yep. But Dirty Birds with nearly 1,180 points. My gosh. Team one. Team Johnson. Do you think they got a lot of Atlanta Falcons on that Dirty Bird squad? Um, probably not. Probably Steve not. Steve Sailor. Probably got a lot of like a <laughs> Dolphins. Steve Sailors, the Hertz Locker, Maximum Carnage, Nolan's Po' Boy, Doc Neal, Just Joshin, Butker at Barkley Newer, and Team Cardoso. That rounds out our top 10 right there of high scores from 1179.6 to 1124.52. All 10 of them deserve special recognition right there uh, for having awesome teams. Uh, just missed the cut was uh, Josh, who's in my league. He goes by the name of TJ's Doppelgangers. And yes. DOP is D-O-P-P, -P, all caps. So he's, I think, paying homage to you. And... Uh, I respect Josh immensely. I can't stand the fact that he has just wasted my team. So thank you, you, Josh. 
Thank you for making my team look terrible right now. Do you have anybody undefeated in your league still? Uh, no undefeated teams. Josh is 8-1, and one, so eight he's the top one. team. Do you have any un- anybody undefeated? I have one undefeated team. Did not make the highest scoring list, although it was close. Phoenix Lede, 9-0 and oh right now. Wow. 1,098 points. He is nine been, and oh. they have been crushing it nine and oh which that's is awesome. unreal so uh, it's really cool and it's been a lot of fun for us it's been so gratifying to see i love the group chats that uh that take place uh they're very spirited very which is awesome. spirited um, i got a trade offer this morning i need to accept that uh, after the show is over and uh for those that are playing in the veterans league a reminder uh the playoffs are, we're gonna have to sort of consolidate the league so uh just we'll continue to uh mention it throughout the next how many weeks, weeks? Four weeks, five weeks left of the regular season. When we get to the playoffs, it's going to be, you, know, you got to consolidate 24 leagues in a hurry here. Yes, so uh, rather than like every team, you know, the top half of your league making the playoffs, I think it's four. I got to check. You know what? I'm not going to speak out of turn. Certain number from each league will make the playoffs. That's right. Yeah. Kind of tournament style. It'll be uh, really cool. So we're so appreciative of, it, of everybody's efforts there, uh, but most of the veterans. So this thank you been, for your service. It's been great. It's been so dope. And and the chats, you mentioned how spirited it is. It's been very cool just to be able to watch a bunch of people. This is the thing. I'll say this. This is what I love about fantasy football. I have no idea all of the people that are in my league and where they come from and what their lives are and all that stuff but we're doing a thing that brings everybody together. Totally. It doesn't make a difference where you come from. It doesn't make a difference where you live. It doesn't like none of that stuff, what you believe the idea that we're able to find common ground. We come and we watch football together. We play players against each other. We trash talk with each other. This is what fantasy football is about. And this veterans league has been so much fun because they are so into the chat with each other. Yes. It makes it so fun to vicariously live through them. I just don't have enough time field. I'm in too many leagues. I wish I could spend more time in the chat, Yeah, but it's so great watching it happen yeah but the problem is i don't like this league for this reason daniel they're too active they're too good at this stuff so active i've got patrick mahomes on a bye this week the only quarterbacks left there are Uh, two uh oh aiden o'connell okay and tommy devito yikes so you guys are too good at this to be playing against me yeah not great which one of those are you going to pick up to start this week? Uh, Aiden O'Connell? Aiden O'Connell. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, truthfully, I, I have no idea what to do here, Daniel. It is so ugly. It's so, so, oh, God. I am playing against uh, the aforementioned uh, TJ's doppelgangers, and yep. uh, he is currently projected to beat me by about 9,000. So, yikes. Oh, boy. If anyone wants to me, they're good players. Let me know. Field, God, I got a real team quick is question. Really good. Oh, I got to decide in my veterans league. Last thing, and we'll close the show out with this. Do you do you think I should start Tyson Bajant or Deshaun Watson against the Ravens this week? Oh, my God. I think you should just pass to I the just bye like, week. Fantasy um, basketball is here, right? Yeah, I it is. Fantasy basketball. I you think know that's what? what I'm going to throw my confidence behind Tyson Bajant tonight. All right. A little bit of rushing upside and maybe a touchdown or two through the air. I just made the move. There you go. There He's you in go. there. If I lose, it's Field's fault. That's what how else it works. is new. Whoops. Yeah, I'm used to it. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us, Field. This was a great show. Thank it was you a great show. A lot of information there. Action-packed. Very excited about finding a way to make Thursday night football fun. We will find a way to do that. Make sure maybe you do like a nice dish, right? Yeah. Like a little, a little food for Thursday night football. That'll help. We love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Don't forget to be kind to each other. Love each other. Be kind to yourself. We love you guys. Have fun with Thursday night football. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. See ya. If you need a stick of tide, Field is your guy. If you're in Bristol or in Farmington, you should find another ride. Candidly, he hates Mike Clay. And you know that it's a fact. Every hater's gonna yate. Cause he's on TV.
A spicy tomato who's got the stats and tweets that'll make you laugh. He's our favorite host and everybody knows his name. He's Field Yates. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. 